Silicon Valley companies like to push big product ideas, and they tend to grab all the attention from both consumers and investors. Then there are tech companies that fly under the radar. Take Garmin. This Kansas company has beaten earnings expectation quarter after quarter, and its stock has surged in recent years. I'm Jeffrey Kane. This week on the Readback, I'm with Alex Yule to talk about his column on a tech company that has found success far from Silicon Valley. Hello, Alex. Hey, Jeff. It's great to be here. You know, when you told me what you were writing about this week for the Tech Trader column, I was a little surprised. It's about a company called Garmin, yeah. which I have not thought about for a number of years. I remember having a Garmin GPS device. You attach it to your uh, windshield with a suction cup? Yes, yeah. and it always fell off. Uh, <laughs> and you'd also have to plug it into the cigarette lighter, and you'd type in the uh, address. Um, half the time it was wrong. Half the time it was wrong. And you would get these robotic voice giving you directions. Please drive to highlighted route. And the GPS was a revolutionary device until the iPhone and smartphones came around and within a couple of years made it look like a just totally unnecessary brick. And by now, the idea of using anything but a smartphone and Google Maps or Waze to navigate around in a car just seems so quaint and crazy. And yet here's Garmin, and they've not just survived, but they've actually thrived. And the stock has outpaced a lot of the far better known tech companies. And the real reason is because they've just transformed themselves little by little with a huge number of different products. So car GPSs are just a small fraction of their sales today. And what they've really become is a company focused on wearable technology, technology for airplanes, and technology for boats. And the wearables just run the gamut of everything from like all these small lifestyle markets from hiking to running to cycling to golf. And all of this has actually added up to a really fast growing and profitable business. So why are you writing about Garmin? What has happened this week? Yeah. So in the last week, there were two really important events, I would say. One was their earnings. They they delivered this really impressive earnings report. It was the 16th consecutive quarter in which they beat Wall Street's expectations. That, of course, helps drive the stock higher each time. And then there was this other technology announcement that was just totally lost. It kind of boggles my mind because last Wednesday, they announced this thing called Autoland. Autoland is a revolutionary technology that monitors the pilot's interactions with the aircraft. It automatically activates if it senses the pilot isn't responsive that basically will help any small plane land itself completely autonomously, no pilot involved. This is the kind of thing that like, we're dying for in cars that seems like it will now never happen. Garmin is about to turn this on in small planes, and it's going to go live next year. And this is technology that's been tested? This has been tested. The CEO told me he went up in one of these planes and came down in it, and he said it was like any other landing, and the pilot didn't touch the controls mm. once, once they engage this thing. And, you know, we have autopilot, and we always think about autopilot in commercial jets. This is a little bit different in that, first of all, it's for small planes, which usually only have one pilot. So you can be in a lot of trouble if there's only one pilot and he or she is incapacitated. I mean, there's this terrible famous example of, of golfer Payne Stewart's plane that went up, lost oxygen in the cabin, and the plane was on its kind of straight-line autopilot, and it just continued to, to fly for four hours until it ran out of gas and crashed in a field in South Dakota. So 
if it needs to be engaged, it either happens automatically because the plane senses that no one's uh, touching the controls or a passenger who sees that the pilot is in trouble will activate it. The plane takes over. It finds you the closest airport. It checks the weather. It checks the terrain. And within a few minutes, apparently, it's, it's taking you down. Uh, it, this is like science fiction stuff. So why do we still think of Garmin as a GPS maker? It's a great question. And I, as I've been writing this story over the last week, I, I just kept asking myself the same question. They are just so under the radar. So I think part of the reason has to be with the company itself. This is not one of those companies that's sending you press releases in a huge way. They're just very much a low-key company. They're based out of Kansas City, by the way, so very far from Silicon Valley. They are kind of the anti-Silicon Valley, the anti-hype machine, I really would say. And then what's so interesting is only eight analysts on Wall Street cover this stock. That's a pretty small number for a fairly substantial Mm -hmm. company. None of them, by the way, even have a buy rating. So they're all fairly neutral on this company. And, you know, I think there are probably a few different reasons for that, one of which is that they're not a company making lots of acquisitions. They don't issue debt. Wall Street tends to get more interested in the companies that are doing acquisitions because mm-hmm. they want that business, so they cover the stock. So I think that's one of the reasons. And then there's just what the company told me, and actually one analyst I talked to told me, was that there's no one out there really doing similar things, and no one knows what bucket to put them in. Right. So the CEO said to me, do right. you cover them as an aerospace company, or do you cover them as a consumer electronics company? Right. It's probably important to note that the company produces a number of products. Not one of them is like a huge, big product, but maybe in total? it's In total, it seems to add up. I mean, I asked them to give me a total number of SKUs that they make to get a sense. They couldn't give me that, but they did point out that over the last six years, annually, they've released 80 to 100 products a year. So that's a pretty staggering number. And those are things like this Phoenix smartwatch that they make. You might have seen it on people. It's like kind of that bulky watch. It it looks like a a bulkier version of like a Casio watch. Is it like the Apple smartwatch? So it certainly can do a lot of what the Apple smartwatch can do, but it's much more built for like what they would call adventure. I think it's a lot, certainly a lot less fragile. I've cracked my Apple watch on occasion. I don't think this thing would crack. You probably can't get away wearing it with a suit, although maybe some people would. And so it has much more of that rugged look to it, and it's purpose-built for hiking. So one company that was going to eat Garmin's lunch was Fitbit. There was enthusiasm inside and outside the New York Stock Exchange as Fitbit celebrated its successful IPO in fitting style. Ten more seconds. And that was a highly touted company when it emerged. CEO James Park says his company has the stamina to beat all competitors. But it has now taken a different course. Yeah, that's one more reason that makes this Garmin story so fascinating to talk about right now, because Fitbit just agreed to sell itself for $2.1 billion to Google. Now, that's a lot of money. I don't want to minimize $2.1 billion. But if Fitbit still believed in the promise that it had when it went public in 2015, when it was one of the hottest IPOs of the year, they would not be selling themselves. That's kind of how it works, right? So this, and to me, is something of an admission of, of failure. And, and Fitbit stock has struggled mightily in the last few years. It's down something like 85% since 2015. And the company at its peak had about $2 billion of sales a few years ago. Garmin this year will have about $4 billion of sales. So um, Garmin definitely was not defeated by Fitbit. And it's just, as we write about technology and think about technology at Barron's, it's really interesting to think about what did Garmin do right and what did Fitbit do wrong. 
And what's the answer? And I think what it comes down to is it's just really hard to be a maker of mainstream consumer gadgets. The iPhone and the smartphone has just destroyed that market. So it can do everything that a decent gadget used to be able to do. So what Garmin has realized or succeeded with, both by design and maybe a little bit by accident, is they are just making lots and lots of products that do niche things really well. Whether it's in cycling or boating or flying, they make all these products and they each have a real specific focus. So these are very specialized wearable products. Very specialized and you're paying up for them. And one of the things that really impressed me in my reporting for this story was talking to a Wall Street analyst who really was touting how much pricing power Garmin has and how much profit they make for every dollar of revenue. So this operating margin is about 25%. He told me there's one other company in the consumer electronics space that can pull in that level of profitability, and it's Apple. Speaking of Apple, Apple appears to be the leader in the wearable space with the Apple smartwatch. Do we have any idea how well that's doing? I think the Apple Watch is doing really well, but Apple will not really give us specifics on that. It does seem like wearables are becoming a bigger and bigger thing for them, whether it's the AirPods or the Apple Watch on their earnings calls. And they're a force to be reckoned with. And the Apple Watch has gotten better with every generation. I know that from experience. But I asked the CEO of Garmin about Apple again. And he said, you know, they're not getting quite the questions they used to get on Apple. And that he thinks they've finally really been able to prove to folks that we're not competing with Apple all that directly. So Garmin is a company that for the most part, is flying under the radar. Does that represent an opportunity for investors? So it definitely has represented an opportunity, and that's why the stock has done so well and why it's up something like 150% since 2015. It's definitely, though, a fair question as to how much further the company can go. I think if you take the opinion that Garmin is still flying under the radar, it seems to me that that means the stock can still go higher. And just thinking about this Autoland example, if any Silicon Valley company had come up with a self-landing plane, I feel like it would have been on the front pages, at least on the front page of every business section, it probably would have been streamed all over the place. I mean, Tesla would have had a primetime event. Amazon is famous for going on 60 Minutes and talking about its uh, drone delivery right. uh, vehicles, which, by the way, we're still waiting for. Yes. And here we have Garmin actually making a real product that they say will be in planes by next year. But the mere fact that they didn't get a lot of attention for it tells me that there's no hype built in and that if they can execute and if they can deliver on the promise of this Autoland thing where every small plane from next year forward has it built in and they're the only ones so far making it, then I think there's a good case that this stock, even after it's gone up so much, remains undervalued. And maybe part of the reason why we think of Garmin this way is the lack of big money attention. Totally. And then you get into the, the dynamic of Wall Street. And if Wall Street's not covering you, and for somehow, I guess we should even ask what the media's role is here. Right. Why are we not covering right. Garmin more? Or if it's I'm, not a big venture-backed company that may or may not go public. Right. That's a really good point. If Garmin was having its IPO next year, let's say, we probably would be hearing a lot about this. And Autoland would become this big thing driving their growth to profitability and making their multiple soar. But as it is, they're just kind of a legacy company doing something cool that 
isn't going to get a ton of attention. Out of Kansas. Out of Kansas. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Jeff. It was great to uh, be on the other side of the mic this time. You can read Alex Yule's Tech Trader column on Garmin in the latest issue of Barron's. And as always, on Barron's.com. I'm Jeffrey Kane. Meta Lushoff is the producer. Alex Yule will be back with a new episode of The Readback next Wednesday. 